We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Uh, we talked about it last episode, how we uh, we had we had these guests on a few weeks ago. We sat in Rick's bar. We had a good old time, had some beers. We talked we talked uh, national championship. We talked their careers at Kansas. Well, turns out our we screwed up the audio. We couldn't release it. And uh, luckily, these two Sorry, had Rick. so much fun with these two had so much fun with us, they decided to come back. Round two, we've got national champions Mitch Lightfoot and Chris Tehan. Boys, how's it going? Appreciate you coming back. Uh, you ready for round two? I'm stoked. I'm super ready. Super ready. Uh, sorry, Rick, uh, with the audio, but no, we're ready to get it done. Yeah, I'm ready. Thank you guys for having us and giving us a second chance. I know that first one was fun, so hopefully we can make this one just as good. Yeah, it'll be good. So let's just start. I think it's kind of where we started last time. But like, talk about you know you win the national championship. Like, what is that been? Has that been like a month and a half now? Seems I don't know if it seems forever ago, or it seems like two weeks ago. I don't really know. But either way, it's been a while. Just talk to me about how uh, how wild these last this almost two months has been since since winning it all. Well, I mean. I don't know. When you go out on top like that, there's not really like a transfer from, I mean, at least for me, I know Mitch is kind of doing his thing with workouts and stuff. There's not really a transfer from being a basketball player to not being a basketball player. You kind of just go right from being like, oh yeah, well, we just finished out on top. And uh, I mean, this last month has been absolutely unreal. I've done absolutely nothing and just had a great time. So I don't know. It's it's been a great time. It really hasn't settled in yet, and I don't know if it will until after I start my actual next chapter of life, like going into work or stuff. But it's it's been a great time. If I set the over under at, I don't know, three hundred beers you've drank since winning the national title, <laughs> oh, would it be over or under? We're putting the over. house. Taking <laughs> out a mortgage. Put that house on the over. Yeah, the overs club. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, there, there, was a, there was a week or two there where I actually started not getting concerned, but I was like, dang. <laughs> concerned. Dang, I'm I'm like, the week, I the, might have a problem. From the buzzer sounds, Caleb Love misses the jump shot to an immediate week after that, over under 300. That should be the bet. Yeah, that'd probably, that'd probably be around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, nowhere. Yeah, how quick, me, how quickly. How quickly. My name. So like how quickly did the celebrating start right after that game? 
Dude, we didn't even get back to the hotel till like, what do you think, Chris? Like one thirty or one forty-five? Yeah, it was something like that. It was something late, but as had, soon as we, we got had, back, it was. We had media for. An, <laughs> so what time did the game start? Nine thirty. I think it was eight thirty, or was it? Was it eight thirty Central or eight thirty Eastern? Uh, it's like eight. Yeah, it's like eight fifteen Central. I think somewhere around there. So, I remember us walking off the court. Like like after one shining moment, and all that stuff, and like I was carrying the trophy off this court, and looked at my phone, and it was like eleven thirty, and we didn't, we didn't uh, get done with media till probably one, and then didn't get back to the. We sat in the locker room for a while after media, for probably thirty minutes, then get back to the hotel till like one forty five. So once we got back to the hotel, it was really quick. We walked in, and we <laughs> saw a bunch of people, and then. Went up to the rooms, changed, and uh, we were out on the town, had ourselves a night. And <laughs> yeah, because how much? Forget. How, all the all the old like KU legends were in the locker room after the game, right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the like? What was the scene like in the locker room after with all the players, coaches, just everyone going crazy? I'm sure all the former players were super happy, but how crazy was the atmosphere in the locker room after? It was just pure emotion. Like, you know, yeah. everyone has their conversation. Everyone talks about the conversations they have. And, like, I don't even think there was conversations going on. Like, everybody just, like, looked each other in the eyes and just gave each other big hugs and, like, had big smiles and stuff on and was just pretty much that was it. When all the other players came in, it was just they walked from the room, dapped everyone up super, like, just super aggressively and then pretty much was like, let's go, let's go, and then bounced. I mean, it was just really – Everyone was super excited. They had nothing to put into words about it. So it was more of just like sitting there and trying to let it settle. But I don't think anybody in that locker room, coaches, former players, players, managers, everybody else that's been along with us really actually sat there and could put yeah. into words what was going on. It was just it's almost like shell shock. Like everyone's like, no way. Like that just happened. Like what? Like what is going on? Like you work your whole, like, yeah. whole careers for it and like you play basketball. And this is. Like anybody that plays basketball, if, if you told them like, "Hey, you can win a national championship," I'm pretty sure every single one of them would be like, "Yeah, let's do that." Like, that's my goal, and the ability, the ability for us to do that's pretty, pretty insane. And I know, uh, speaking from a personal perspective, like this whole like the whole Final Four. Like, I, I know I've been to two of them. Chris and I've been to two of them, but like, it's so unreal. Like, being able to be a part of that is unreal. Like, there's just so much energy around around it, and like you really get to see the get to see the best parts of college athletics and, and college sports in in one weekend. So yeah, super special. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to get going. We'll stop talking about all the, all the celebration, I guess, as, as, as badly as I want to hear more stories about T hand, just deleting beers. But uh, <laughs> Chris, you, you told us a story last time that I thought was pretty cool. And I want you to retell it is, Tell me about like the night you guys were watching Villanova play Houston. You and Mitch, roommates, you're sitting in the hotel room, and you had like a, I don't know, you had like a what's the word, epiphany or something? Yeah. Like I don't know. You just you gotta tell that story again because I thought it was awesome. So, I mean, like my family, we all talk. My brothers have always been th obviously been through it before, and so my oldest brother Kyle kind of talked about it and was like. Dude, like, there's just a feeling like I had or whatever. And I was like, hey, just, like, stop talking. Like, don't tell the rest of the story or whatever. But then, so, yeah, we're waiting in the Elite Eight or waiting to play the Elite Eight against Miami in the night before. I don't know if we just got done with dinner or whatever. We're watching uh, Houston play Villanova. We're not looking past the Miami game, but 
we're just like watching our potential matchup, just kind of watching the games. And uh, I watched Villanova go on that little run there at the end. I don't know if it was from like the four minute mark to the two minute mark or whatever, but they kind of made themselves like the momentum came their way. They're up eight. And I just sat up in bed and just said, like, Mitch. He was like, what? I just like, Mitch, dude. He was like, what, like, what are you talking about? And I just I was like, hey, it's written. It's like, we're going to go out there. We're going to get our revenge for what Villanova did to us our freshman year. And we're going to go out there and whoop them in the first 15 minutes, crush their souls. Then we're going to go on to win the national championship. I don't care who we're playing after that. Like, it's written. Like, it's straight up written. And uh, we beat Miami or whatever. And we looked at each other. And, like, the, the whole the whole rest of the, the whole tournament, we would just look at each other after something would happen and just, like, look at our hands and be like – and look at each other. And I was like, yeah. Because no one else knew it. We didn't tell anybody else about that moment. It was just yeah, between us. I mean, like, you look to the eyes like, yeah, it's written. We know what's going. That's risky behavior because if you come out and you say that, you know, everyone's getting you like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, jinx. Like, you can't jinx things like that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you guys uh, kept it to yourself. But, like, Mitch, were you all in on that? Did you have any doubts? Were you oh. telling him to, like, chill out? No, I was like – I was telling him it was, it, was, it was perfect. It was, like, almost poetic. Like, Villanova got us in – 18 and they and they uh they ran us out of the gym and and uh that one kind of left a bad taste and then we, we had the ability to go back and we were watching that houston villanova game not overlooking miami at all but watching that houston villanova game like how cool would it be for us to have the opportunity to avenge that team and and send ourselves to play in the national championship game so it was cool to be able to to actually do that and it's fun to talk about it but to do it and then once we once we uh, took care of business against Villanova, it was like, dude, like you're playing a national championship game. Like this is insane. It's only one. You're you were 40 minutes away from a national championship. Then you get the the raw raw speeches from the coaches, and you get to hear from like legends, like Paul Pierce, Danny Manning, guys like that. It's super special. I think the most the, the most special moment for me was you're sitting there the night before the national championship game. Uh, Coach uh, Danny Manning was there. He's talking to us, and uh, he sat us all down and was like, talk, gave us that whole Monday night in April speech. About this, Unreal. This One is of the all-time videos. Oh, it was <laughs> yeah. here in person. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Him giving us that speech, it was like, okay, which brick wall do you want me to run through and when and where? I'll do it. Yeah. Like, so cool. Dude. And, like, I think all the guys on the team, like, you look around, everybody's like, all right, let's do it. Like, it, this is it. This is what we came here for. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go take it, and we did. And everyone was like antsy. Like it was. It was maybe the only time I've seen people because it wasn't before a game. Someone was really locked in, so they let the emotions get. People were sitting there on their toes, like shaking their legs, like kind of shaking, like shaking their heads, being like, "Let's go, let's go." Yeah, and I mean, I how how slow, <laughs> how slow did that day go Monday? Oh my god, <laughs> forever. forever. I couldn't, yeah, at, at all. I was just sitting there, like, staring at the ceiling for, like, hours. <laughs> Could not do it. And we deleted our social media, and they told us how to turn the TV on. So we didn't have the TV on or anything. Like, I think we just sat there and, like, pretty much were just on Netflix and stuff like that the whole day. Just, like, doing something, like, that had nothing to do with anything. Just, like, trying to literally sit there and make our brains not think. Yeah. Um, you guys have touched on this before. Uh, but could you guys like feel the difference between the 18 final four and the 2022 final four? Like when you got there, 
Yeah, I would say like in 2018, like we beat when we beat Duke. That kind of felt like our like our uh, key win, and everyone was happy. Like, hey, we're going to Final Four. It's amazing. And don't get me wrong, that team was great, and that was an amazing accomplishment for us. But uh, this year, it just felt it felt different. Um, getting that win against Miami and, and sending us to a Final Four, where we we had the opportunity to avenge ourselves against Villanova. Kind of had the feeling that our team was like, ready to take that next step and really, and really take it home for 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 uh, Jayhawk Nation and and for the coaches and ourselves. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll no. piggyback off of that. And just be like, when getting off the plane in San Antonio the first year was a lot different than getting off the plane in uh, New Orleans. I feel like everyone was there and was super excited. Like when we got to San Antonio, super excited, like looking around, like, oh, my God, they're treating us so cool and all that kind of stuff. When we got to New Orleans, like everyone walked off the plane and was just like, let's get on the bus. Business trip. Yeah, they like, hey, remember they had, the, they had the national championship trophy sitting in the back of that car. Remember that? Yeah, they had the national championship trophy sitting in the back of the car, and like we're all looking at it, but we're just kind of like waiting there and being like, okay, when are the cameras going to like allow us to go back in the bus? And they were like, do you guys want to take a picture? We're like, let's all take a team picture with the national thing. And I don't know, it probably was Ochai and whoever, but they were like, no, we'll take one. We'll take one on Monday night. And we all just like left and got on the bus. It was, it. I mean, just the teams that were at the final four were wild. Like you got Blue Bloods, and then you got Nova, who's won. They won two out of three recently. Like, did you guys kind of like being an afterthought almost? Just because Coach K's last year, and they're talking about UNC, Duke. Like, did the team talk about that and like just say how you guys were kind of under the radar? Or, I mean, a little bit. I I think uh, we all understood that. Hey, like UNC Duke is going to be a massive game. And everyone's gonna be tuned into that. Like it's it's almost perfect for us. No pressure on us. Go out there, take care of our take care of business. Um, I mean, it, that game meant a lot to us. I mean, obviously, but but uh, it I think it it wasn't as I don't know. It wasn't as hyped up as the game as the UNC Duke game, and that allowed us to really take some of that pressure off and go handle our business like any other game. So I I would almost prefer it that way. I think. I think I can speak for most of the guys on our team that, hey, we prefer it that way. And then go out there, be able to go out there and handle your business in the Final Four. Like, not a lot of times you can have a Final Four where one game is so much more hyped up than another. Um, Especially when you're Kansas. Like, it's pretty rare for Kansas yeah. to be the yeah. the forgotten team. So, think about, like, yeah, think it, about was... it. Like, think about if, uh, if Arkansas beats, if Arkansas beats Duke. Yeah. Then the then the You're, Kansas Villanova game is the is the marquee game of the final is, four. Yeah, this is the game. Yeah, it's a rematch yeah. from eighteen and, and then, sixteen, the, things like that. And then the entire the entire uh, the entire what's it called is is flipped, and, uh, yep. and everyone's focused up on us. And then that game and our game is is so much more hyped up. So I think we we all preferred it this way, and it, it worked out for us. Yep. Okay, so we'll get back to a little Final Four talk later. I want to talk more about North Carolina game, all that stuff. But I want to jump back in time a little bit, back to just the regular season. Um, obviously, it was a pretty eventful season. Like, I think, you know, you you play Missouri, you play K-State, you have the big comeback against K-State. I mean, you hang 100 on both of them. I want to talk about that Missouri game. Like, did that at all factor into you guys? I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of factors, but, like, did that – at all factor into you guys deciding to use your extra year and come back again. And I guess T Han, I'll start with you. 
Is that the best three, your favorite three you've ever made in your entire career? Okay, so I'll answer the first one first, and I'll go back to the <laughs> to break it hundred. But uh, so I never, honestly, when I made my decision to come back, I didn't really think about it. And then yeah. I think halfway through the summer, I don't Dude, know. I had to beg you to come back. Come on. Yeah, I did not want to come back. I did not. <laughs> I I was uh, I was done with it. Last year was rough, not just because we weren't the greatest, but just like dealing with all the COVID stuff. Like you don't have a college experience, and I was like, I'm just gonna sit here cooped up in a room. I'd rather not. But yeah, so Miss pretty much convinced me to come back. And then I had a conversation with Coach Self, and he added some things where I was like, yeah, I definitely want to come back. <laughs> I didn't think about the Mizzou game, really. And uh, yeah. as the season started and Coach started talking about that, because I was – I mean, besides the, the, the Champions Classic, which is every year, that was our first real, like, big, big game. And yeah. so – like the months leading up to it, I, I could not stop thinking about it. And, and all I said, I was like, I want to hit a three there so bad. I want to hit a three so bad in that game. And I did. Yeah, it was by far my favorite three I've hit. I've told people this before. Like I would give away all the threes I ever hit in my whole entire Kansas career to hit that one again and it go exactly the way it went. That was uh, that was probably – was I mean, if the national championship didn't happen, that was up there with the peak of my life probably. It was perfect. <laughs> It's just so perfect, Mitch. What about you? No, I, I, uh, I'm a little different. I think it definitely factored factored into me wanting to come back. I mean, obviously, uh, last year or the year before last, with with COVID and everything, it kind of took away from the experience of everything, and didn't really feel like a like how college basketball should feel. I mean, you get everybody on campus, but you can't do anything, and it's really hard to, to have sixteen thousand three hundred in the field house, and that's what that's what makes it so special. So. I wanted to come back and have have a normal year, and I was able to talk Chris into it. So get your best friend to come back, and you get to come back to your sixth year of college. Uh, it, it, it was That's... Uh, super special, and I think people like don't think about that. Like, hey, like my best friend's back with me, and like, we get to do college another year. Like, that's pretty dope. But uh, it was <clears throat> it obviously paid off. Yeah. Does KU win a natty if Christy Hand doesn't come back last year? Yeah, dude, he makes yes, the I had no, hey, I mean, hey, I had... don't let him don't let him play it down. Chris Red Rockets on the scout team would hit at least six threes of practice on us on the first team, hundred percent. Like every time he got the ball and like you weren't there within like a foot of him, it was going in. Like there's ask any guy on our team who's gonna make the shot and we're gonna have to run for it. Who was the who's your favorite guy to ever be? You know how you gotta be a, a different player from another team you're playing. Who was the guy you were like, this is amazing? I think I told you guys this last time, but Fletcher McGee from Wofford. I don't know if I mean he didn't play very well in the game that we played. He was like one for twelve. They almost knocked off Kentucky in the tournament, but they literally told me, like, yeah. hey, if you think you can get the ball off, like shoot it. So I mean Oh, my brain. No, you got one. It went off the side of the backboard. Oh no! I hit, trust me. I'm hitting them off the like. I'm hitting them everywhere. Like I'm not. Like I'm not. I'm not getting close. Fire. Don't off the of screens. Like off of one foot shooting fadeaways. I'm catching them with my back to half court, turning around, firing them. And that day, I think I shot like probably 35 threes in a like a 25 minute little half court scrimmage. And uh, that was like a, that's a dream come true for me. Like I love oh, shooting yeah. bombs. And having a green light in the Kansas thing, like I'm just sprinting around, having a good time, pretty much laughing. If I make one, I'm not getting in trouble. They're getting in trouble. I'm just sitting yeah, you there. Think about Coach Self doesn't care if it goes in. If he even gets a look at it, Coach Self is gonna is gonna freak out. 
Yeah. And then if okay, I make it, it's going twice. Uh, oh, going twice is bad. <laughs> Softest team he's ever coached. Yeah, <laughs> every year. Um, I want to talk about the Mizzou game a little more because it's like you got Dewan from Columbia, CB being a psycho the whole game. His brother went there. Obviously, Chris, your brother played against them. Mitch, you grew up a KU fan, so you know all about the rivalry. Bill was a part of it. Bill, I feel like kind of downplayed it, didn't really act like he cared. But how, like, motivated were you guys before that game? And, like, I guess how – what was the locker room like? Was like was it obviously different than other regular season games? Oh, for sure. Uh, I think that game was, is – you heard from even guys that had played in the past uh, about how important that is. And, and Chris and I, I think we, we, we know the tradition. We know the rivalry. Uh, better than most so I think some of the other guys I mean Christian knows it really well I mean Oach has been around he knows it well so you think about it there's there's a majority of the guys that have a good understanding of how the of the hatred between the two schools so I think uh us being able to tell our teammates that hey this is we don't play around we, we don't play around about this we don't like K- or we don't like we, we don't like Mizzou we don't like K-State guys that know our our rivalries we're here to tell the others and and we took it seriously. I mean, even Dewan, the guy. Hundred points. You got a guy Dewan from from there, and uh, he proves he's a national point guard. So uh, give him his respect, and uh, he was able to go out there and play some good ball and, and get us that win. I don't know. Ku fans will tell you he's not a national championship type point guard, though. Hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. okay. Yeah. That that was the that was the struggle for me all year was listening to the Dewan Harris hate. I'll just put it yeah. out there. Yeah, that was that was. My, I love it. I would have so many tweets like just teed up, ready to send them. Yeah. Can we talk like, about how CB CB went and pulled up old tweets last night? What do you think about that? Do you have that? Is that in the plans for either of you? Oh, I didn't save anything because I mean anything about me is just like he doesn't play or whatever, so I really don't care. But I want like. The the Juan tweets, the Remy tweets, and uh, I mean, obviously CB found a couple in there, but like the Juan and Remy tweets were the two that I was like sitting there on my like on my Twitter account, being like, okay, dude, like I don't even know if I can, I should fire these off, but they ticked me off. And CB's thing last night, I read a couple of them, I read all of them. Hilarious. Dude, Twitter for Android was so funny, just so sneaky and mean to just be like, dude, I'm not even going to – I'm just going to call you out for having an Android, and that's it. Like, that was so perfectly played by CB. Is CB an an elite shit talker? Top tier. Top tier. (laughs) The thing with him is, like – He's always chirping, too. It's like – No matter what. You don't even have to do anything to him, and he's going to – It's not like he's going to say anything, like, personal, but he's just going to make you feel bad. Like – Yeah. He just the, feel like a bad like player, a bad person. Like he just goes. The, the look of disrespect that comes from CB's eyes like actually penetrates your soul. Like when you say something to him, and he gives you that look back. Like you're just like, oh yeah. Like I, I, I am just. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not him. <laughs> I'm not him. <laughs> so, so a little. This is a little bit on the Twitter talk because obviously we got to talk about. Uh, one bad game, which was Kentucky. And, I mean, you want to see a fan base melt down, it was after that game. And, I mean, you you mentioned DeWan and Remy tweets, Chris, but the, the slander Dave received over his time at Kansas, which 
listen, we all know Dave was up and down at times. Like he, sometimes I was stunned at the things he could do at one second and the other looked like a completely different player. But either way, he got <laughs> slandered for years. Um, what are you guys, like, I know you obviously, Chris, you said you were kind of reading that stuff and you, you had to stay off. But like after a game like Kentucky where everyone's saying not athletic enough, don't have a big man that's good enough. Like, what do you, are you guys talking about that internally at all? Or do you guys just kind of go home, do your thing? You don't really bring that up. Or are you talking like, look how insane our fan base is being right now? Everyone needs to chill. I mean, I'll say it because Mitch, Mitch won't. It's, it's the sky is falling after anything like that. So, yeah. And I under, you understand it. Like, you understand, like, I, like I'm sitting there watching and I mean, Mitch is sitting there playing like you under like you get done with that. You're like, oh, God, that one hurts. But just I feel like after every loss, like everyone goes so sky is falling. So when you're a part of the team and you watch the day ins and day outs and you realize, hey, like what happened in practice that week and all the little tiny things that go into every game, you kind of go to sleep with more peace, knowing that like, hey, yeah, my guys got me. But then you go and sit and read Twitter and you actually have that doubt where you're like, yeah, we may not make, we may go 0 and 15 the rest of the year, but, but we all, we all, we all trust each other. So it's really not that big of a deal. It's just like the, like you play at Kansas. And so like any loss at Kansas, people are going to be like, Oh, this team doesn't deserve to put on the Jersey. This team doesn't, yeah. doesn't deserve to yeah. play for Kansas. Yada, yada, yada. Like, dude, like it's one game and don't get me wrong. I get <clears throat> I think guys on our team will get down after. I mean, obviously you, you don't want to lose, and you want to you don't want to lose at all ever. But uh, it's one game. It's it's it taught us something that we need to be better at, and then we learned from it. And now we're national championships or national champions. So I think everybody that was uh just flipping out about that can can take a chill pill and learn to learn to uh, learn trust Bill our losses and trust yeah. the best a- college basketball. Yeah, and trust Bill. I'm always. I know there's not one person in the yeah maybe a hundred million people that follow Kansas basketball that even knows one third of what that man knows. And I thought I did coming into KU, and after the first two weeks, I was like, "Yeah, that dude's on another. He's on another level." Yeah. Um. Kentucky played out of their minds that day. Like Keon Brooks was amazing. Um. And like no one was gonna beat him on that day, but. Like what's a what's the message like from Bill after a game like that? Does he is he just like credit them or is he guys does he just call you guys soft and practice sucks ass the next day or what was the message after the Kentucky game? Go ahead, Chris. Well, so I mean the Kentucky game he always says it every year and it's not that it doesn't matter but like when you play the SEC challenge at that point our full focus is towards winning the Big Twelve. So yeah. I mean obviously he's not happy. But the same, like, he'll give you that little, you're soft, like, you guys are whatever, like, my teams would have never done this, like, all that, that whole spiel that comes after almost every loss. But then at the end of it, he'll be like, hey, but in reality, that doesn't matter. If we were being on the borderline of being a two and a one seed, it would matter. But the fact that if we go and take care of business the rest of the league and we go win league and go win the tournament, we're going to be a one seed regardless if we lost by a 1,000 points or lost by 15 or lost by one at home. So it's kind of like that. You walk out. You definitely get your your ass ripped. You definitely feel like shit, but you you come out on a note being like, okay, it's not the end of the world. That game really doesn't matter. It depends on how we play from here on. And you we we needed that, and I wouldn't say we deserved it, 
but looking back on it after what we had accomplished, we deserved it, and it, it helped us take that next step in the right direction. And you always know it's yeah. like the next day, we walk in the film, and the coach goes, how's it going, guys? <laughs> uh, we're like all trying to fill out the vibe. I'm like, oh, it's a good coach. Like, and he sits down, he's like, well, did the sun come up today? Yeah. So, like, oh, we're going to be all right then. Has there ever been a day? Has there ever been a day where you showed up and he was like still pissed, like not like not telling you, hey, sun still come up, or is he like, what's up, Mitch? You were it's only, freaking awful last night. It, I mean, there's been days like that, but like it's only when it's like, like, and when I say self, I mean by the players of the team, like self-inflicted. Like if you like come in and like have a bad attitude to your coach, like then he can make our lives hell. Like. We're like, oh, we're just going to have film today. And then all of a sudden somebody says something and sparks it off. And like, oh, no, I should, like, like, dude, I'm, I'm doing this already. Like, you, you want me to do that? Like, and, okay, now we're on the practice court going for a three-hour practice at 7 o'clock. Like, like it's yeah. it's always best to just learn from your – know you're wrong, know we suck, and take take a, take our lesson and learn from it and move on. But that's when we don't do that is when it always turns into a, a bad situation. Yeah, and there's been plenty of film sessions you come in, and he comes in with, like, what Mitch said, like, can come up today, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the under four timeout, and <laughs> the sky's like, falling. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, boy. Like, I, didn't, I didn't watch the film last night. I feel better about it, though, like, replaying the game, and he'll watch it again and be like, oh, it's horrible. That's awful. You kidding me? What's the? Can you believe what's this? What's the thing? In film, like, what's the thing that makes him the most pissed off? Is it a missed defensive assignment? Is it a missed blockout? Is it like what? What is that thing that just gets him He'll, going? So like, it'll be transition. Gordy, be getting out in transition. He uh, mm. he uh, if if uh, we miss a shot and the other team gets the ball and rebounds it and pushes it out in transition, he'll 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 pause it and he'll see where everybody is on the court and he goes, look, you're lined up with him, him, and him. I remember one time he did this with me with uh. What's the guy's name from Texas, Chris? Oh, <laughs> Jericho Sims. No, Kai Jones. Kai Jones. Kai Jones. Oh, was it Kai or oh, was it Jericho? Yeah. Either one. Either like, one. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm sprinting my ass off. Like, I am taking <laughs> off. Like, this is me, like, putting it, like, getting in gear and going. And Kai Jones just races by me. And Coach Stuff goes, Mitch, you think this is okay? You think this is going to win us a Big 12 championship? This guy kicks your ass. Look. And he causes it. And we're, like, we're, like, tied up, like, like running down the court and he unpauses it and like maybe half a second later and Kai Jones is like already at the other free throw line. I'm like, dude, coach, I tried. Like I'm, I'm trying. Like, and you're doing everything you can not to like, you're doing like, I'm, I'm trying to get back on, on uh defense, but dude, there's sometimes where you have freaks of nature out there that can, that can really fly up and down yeah. the court. That makes and Kai probably, Kai, I think Kai took three strides. Like Mitch was like six strides. And Kai <laughs> just took three and he's just like, I'm sitting there in the back almost laughing. He'd be like, coach, come on now. You're just busting his balls. <laughs> like, you know, you know, they had like none of us on, none of us in this room. Like it doesn't matter who it is. Ochai, Dave, Doug, anybody had no shot at keeping up with that man right there. It just so happened. That it was yeah. Really, yeah. funny how often that happened. <laughs> All right, um, so let's talk. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, B-Turn. <clears throat> oh, I was oh. going to talk about what? No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to talk about the other uh, fun regular season that game that year was in Manhattan when Nigel had, like, 
I think he had a hundred hundred points in the first half. Was like twelve for twelve. Um, yeah. And I think they. I don't know. You guys, I don't think you guys played that hard in the first half, but what was the, uh, like, what was the message at halftime and how motivated were you guys to just come out pissed off and outplay K-State in the second half? Well, Mitch, you want to tell the, the tunnel story? You want me to tell the tunnel story? Uh, I, I don't I mean, you can keep piggyback off it. We were running, uh, we were down, what was it, 16 at half? Uh, yeah, going, like back in the, going back into the locker room and they have their, uh, and they have their uh, tunnel there, and we, like both both team run, teams run to the same tunnel, and it's always K State Super Bowl whenever we come to town. So we know how that is. Uh, they had their whole football team there because they were going to present them at halftime. I think what what bowl <laughs> they want they want a bowl, so I think they're going to present that to them. And yeah. Uh, yeah. their whole football team's like flipping us the bird as we were running into the locker room. Shut so up. we uh, we were running by them. We're like, all right, I right, bet. Like, good. <laughs> I like that energy. Keep the same energy for the second half. So we were able to go out there, and uh, I know all the guys on our team took that personally. And Coach's halftime speech really wasn't like a – he didn't really jump us or anything. Like, he, he understood that, hey, we got to do stuff better. Like, we weren't we weren't rebounding the ball like we should. We weren't defending like we should, that's for sure. And I think Dewan took that personally in the second half, and then you saw how – how uh, how we offensively rebounded the ball and it was able to give us a good yeah. chance to win. So I think uh, I would say shout out to the uh, Kansas State football team for uh, giving us the extra motivation we needed to to get the win and uh, winning in Manhattan is is something we enjoy. Yeah, and I'll I'll pay you back off of that. So when you go into halftime, obviously you run in and then the coaches go to their little coaches locker room, and there's probably been halftime's what twenty minutes. Usually, so the coaches don't come in until like probably 12 minutes. You have eight minutes where it's just the players. Yeah. And so, yeah, we come in and like everybody gets in there and we're just like, yo, like they're just trying to, they're trying to clown us. So like it had like a little players, not like a players meeting, but it was kind of being like, yo, like don't let them think that they have this thing won. Like they, they think that they won. Like they think the game's over. It's far from over. It's a long game. And coach came in. I mean, Mitch said it wasn't terrible. He did throw a little thing. Like he, he, he was a little bit angry at us. But yeah, it wasn't one of the worst ones. I think he kind of saw when he walked in, like the look in all of ours, all of us eyes, like where we were pissed off. And it wasn't like yeah. we were pissed off at each other. Like we were like determined and being like whatever we saw coming in or whatever happened in that first half. Like actually, it it turned us to a new level where we were locked in and ready to play. Hundred percent. And so, obviously, yeah, you guys go on. You completely just bully them in the second half. You go on the win. And then in one of my favorite moments, me and you talked about this last time, Chris, like when that buzzer goes off and you guys just – you kind of led the way. You guys come off that bench and you just wave in the most sarcastic way to the student section. Like, did that just happen? I can't even remember what you said. Did that happen organically? Was that something you planned or did it just, like, just happen? Well – I, don't, I mean, you had a Bramlage, they had the student sections on the side right there, like up the side of the arena. I think it kind of like rip, whips around. So we're looking right at the student section. Like we said, they the whole stadium thought the game was over. Football oh, yeah. players, student section, like everyone there thought the game was over. So they're sitting there. I don't know if they're waving goodbye, but they're chirping the bench and like telling all of us to like sit down and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, they were waving us goodbye with like 10 minutes left in the second half. Cause I, th- I don't think we went on our like initial, like full run where we came back, came back until like the under eight. 
And so, yeah, we all came off the bench, and everyone who was watching just came off, and I didn't even notice anybody else did it. Like, everybody just had their hand up, doing, like, the sarcastic, like, almost like the queen wave. We were going like this. We were just like, yep. Bye. It was so it was so mean. Like those like it, you guys obviously weren't watching on TV, but like the shots of the crowd just so sad and just stunned as you guys are just waving in their face. So just so so perfect. And like you guys, I mean, we've had other we've had Tyshawn on, we've had Sharon on, and the stories they tell us about what K-State fans have said to them, done to them, hotel pranks, prank calls, like it's never endless. So to go in and just, I mean, you, KU beats them a lot, but to beat them in that fashion, like it just made it so much sweeter. It was like, just funnier. It, you almost had it. Like y'all got to be quicker than that. You almost had it. Yeah, yeah, we it almost, like we you almost were just, just going gave it with to them. you. We almost yeah. gave it to you. We decided, you know what? We didn't want you to have it. So we decided to take and it back. It's always so fun whenever like, you see the other fans streaming out of their arena, like right before the game's over. Like, yeah, haha, see you later. Like, hope you get to your car. There's some traffic. You might want to get out there early. Like, that's always the best part. And everyone always complains, like, oh, you guys act like it's a rivalry when you say it shouldn't be a rivalry. Oh, are we supposed to have a rivalry or not? Like, dude, you're Kansas State. We're Kansas. Like, we're supposed to. It's a rivalry. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, like, get over yourself. It's exhausting. Get over yourself. Don't, don't be front runners, and maybe we won't have to do that to you. Win a championship championship and then you can argue. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did the barnstorming tour go to Manhattan? No, it should have, honestly. Can you imagine? Dude, it would have been, it would have been crazy. What tweet? Been you threw up a tweet, Mitch, that got everyone's – everyone was all fired up. What did you tweet? It was – oh, it was that. that. that was it was a he, joke yeah. about going. Uh, unfortunately, okay. unfortunately we didn't have a stop in Manhattan. Somebody what, oh, some, yeah, said yeah, something yeah. about uh, – Someone hey. They said something about the – they'd be like, yeah, it would it'd be like the Yankees winning and going to the Reds and going to Boston to have a celebration. And I replied back. I was like, ah, "That would not be like that. Both of those teams have titles." Yeah, <laughs> that was that was it. That was. So I was just like, I dude. Whenever, had... whenever I tweet, it's almost like you like look at the replies and you like cherry pick the easiest one to just absolutely tee off on. Oh I mean, yeah. And with K State, it, it, with K State, it's easier than others. So like, well, you can look at the replies back and just absolutely, absolutely send it home on on a, on someone. And they come out of the woodworks for nothing. Like I'll tweet. Like you'll tweet something about like. LeBron or like football or something random and like they'll still find a way to get in your mentions and throw like some kind of jab. 
And so when you get an opportunity <laughs> like to tee off, it's like, yeah, you 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 go, you try oh. to you try to drive the grain of a par four right there. Right, right. <laughs> dude, dude, I had I had like a K State buddy reach out and be like, I'm trying so hard to be mad at Mitch right now, but that was so good. Like I can't even like he just it was such a perfect dig at those dudes after that comment that it was just it it, it silenced them. It was over. The game was over at that point. <laughs> Everybody was um, going to park about. Yeah. All right. So let's talk. We got to talk about it. It was the biggest storyline all year. Uh, You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like the Remy saga, like it was one of the weirder, crazier storylines, some of which I think was brought on by fake stories, fake rumors. I guess I'll start with you, Chris. Like what, as a as a person on the team watching, you're on Twitter, but you're also like, you're in it. You're living the real life. You're on the team. Like what, how did you view the Remy situation? Did you ever feel there was any truth to the tension that people were saying was up with Bill and Remy or that Remy was never going to return or that it just wasn't a fit? Like, I don't know. How did you perceive that whole situation? So, uh... I was locker buddies with Remy. So my locker was right here. You don't have like dividers in your lockers. Like you have someone there, like you're sitting almost shoulder to shoulder with them in the locker room. And I talked to him every single day and me and him were decent, like good buds. And we would talk about everything. He always came to me and asked about like, Hey, what do I do about coach self? Like, and all this other kind of stuff, like just asking a guy who'd been here for so long and who was knowledgeable about things. I remember, I don't know, I don't remember what day it was or whatever. Like, I went home, and it was after his knee injury, and I could tell he was hurt. Like, his knee was swollen. Every time I'd see it, it looked like a golf, like, it looked like, a, like a, almost like a softball. So you feel for the guy like that, where, like, dude, this is last year, and he's sitting there being whatever. And you see a tweet like that, and it's like, you couldn't be, it couldn't be more further from the truth. This man talked about the whole time, like, hey, I'm just here to win a national championship. If I can do whatever I need to do to win a natty, like, I will. He told me multiple times, like, I'll play five minutes and shoot two shots a game if it means that we can go to the Final Four and win. Like, I just want to help this team win. I love Kansas. I love the tradition. Like, that's the whole reason I came here. After playing in Allen my freshman year, I knew I wanted to end up here somehow. Didn't think it would ever work that way. But he was nothing but bought in and locked into everything. And him and Coach Self, I thought, had a great relationship. Just honestly, looking at the tweets and stuff, it kind of was, like, you get taken back by it where you're like, is this true? Yeah. Like, am I not seeing something? Am I being lied to? Did you see someone yeah. with the blue check or whoever it was tweeting it? You're kind of like, well, there may be a little truth to it. It's like, but I'm in it. Yeah. And I, I yeah. know I know more. Like, I know I know more. It, it kind of makes you doubt yourself. But we, everyone as a team loved Remy, and we never had anything negative to say about him. And I can, I guarantee you, guy like, yeah. Just, he's a super guy's guy. Like, he always, like wanted to hang out with us, wanted to do things as a team, like, like, hey, let's go do this, let's go do that. Like, like I just want to hang out with the boys, like, let's have some fun. Like, it, it was super fun to, to be able to, like, interact with, with him and to see people <clears throat> say stuff they did about him, about how he doesn't, like, care about this team or he doesn't, doesn't care about Kansas or has a beef with Coach. Like, it just couldn't be further from <clears throat> proof. And uh, I think you saw Coach defended him as well. Like, hey, he's not, he, he wants the guy to be healthy. And he wants to he yeah. wants to, to see the guy at his best, and obviously you saw that in March, and and he, some could argue was the guy the reason that we were able to get over the hump and and win it. So, I I think yeah. Remy was committed to all the right things, and he wanted to do it all for the right reasons, and it showed. And everybody on our team 
couldn't love him anymore. And, and he's, he's truly one of the, the good guys out there. Um, Bill talked about how he told him, uh, wait till March. Was he really saying that all year? And what were you, what were you guys thinking after he said that? <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know if I told Mitch that I think it was Mitch and I tried to tell this, but I seriously told him, so I think Remy may be the only player I've ever met in my life that can turn it off and turn it on. Like if he needs to turn it on for two possessions, like he can turn on, turn it on for two possessions and hit both those shots or like make two steals. And then turn it off for like whatever. So when he said wait till March, like I full heartedly believed him where I was like, Yeah, like he, he probably can just turn it on and be like that. So I've never really had a problem with him saying that. Oh, 100 percent Remy's like he's just so like his energy is so different and he plays with such speed and such passion that like rubs off on on the rest of the team. And it's it's almost like even having him out there, if he makes a couple a couple plays that are bad plays, like he's gonna play with such fire that it brings the rest of the team up, so I think I think yeah. we all we all recognize that and we all benefited from it. And a good way to describe him is like almost the Tyreek Hill of Kansas basketball. Oh, for sure. But just the fact that he's out there doing like whatever it is, like just being like this little ball of energy, like it helps. Demands respect. Yeah, like it demands respect, and regardless of what happens, he's bringing energy. Like you're you're loving that you love to play with that guy. Dude, he could get Allen Fieldhouse so fired up over, like, the most little thing. Like, it would be just a random deflection or something, and he'd go nuts, and he'd get the whole crowd going in, like, a 22-point game in the middle of December. Like, oh, that's yeah. what always cracked me up about him. I remember the Tech game on Big Monday when it went to double OT. He had a little span there where he played super well, and the Fieldhouse was juiced. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they loved, they loved him. I, the Stephen F. game was one of them, too, where, like, we're in a game – we shouldn't be as close as this. They played out of their minds. And Remy hit that three, and he was like, I don't know if he was pointing at the bench or whatever, but it's in all the <laughs> intro videos. He was going absolutely insane for, like, a November 31st game. <laughs> I mean, you like, love yeah, the that's, the energy, Just... that's the energy you love with Remy. He'd do it in practice. Remergy, baby. He'd be playing pickup. He'd do the same thing. He'll make a big bucket and just start going nuts. I like guess 16,000, and then you're like, We're like, dude. There's 13 of us in here. <laughs> it's summer. I know. It felt like every shot he hit in the tournament, he was yelling something at Bill. It was almost – I don't know what it was, but every time he's just pointing at the bench. It, it looks like, like it's I at Bill. I got you, coach. Like a, yeah. Like, I got you. Like, yeah. don't worry. Right. I got this. Like, I got you type thing. Not like a, I'm yelling at you. Like more of like a – like I'm, I'm watching out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do what you yeah. need me to do type thing. Yeah. All right. So I think we've covered most of regular season. I want to get into a little more postseason. Let's talk the really fun stuff, the uh, North Carolina game, Villanova game. But I want to talk about that Villanova game a little more. You obviously, Chris, you said it was written. That was the theme. You knew it was written. You two had that thing going. But like how much, obviously not a lot of the guys that were still there played in that 2018 game. But like obviously it was a pretty – I mean, they whooped us in 2018, just point blank. Like, didn't miss a shot. But like, yeah, like, what was revenge that big of a thing for you guys? Like, was that something you cared about, or was it more just like, hey, they're in our way to win? Obviously, they're in our way to win the national title. But like, was there an element of like, not only do we want to win this game, but we want to like blow them out to kind of get get revenge for that 2018 team? I wouldn't say it was strictly revenge. I mean, we obviously knew that what had happened and people were upset. Coast Health made a point of it. Me and Mitch made a point of it. 
But I thought it was more of like, hey, no one's talking about us. Yeah. But it was like, hey, we're going to go in here. We're going to play hard. We're going to get off to a hot start. And after, I mean, we were just focusing on winning a game. You're not sitting there focusing on blowing people out of the water, doing this and that. But you you watch Ochai hit those first three threes or whatever he did after struggling the whole tournament. It's hard not to get yeah. fired up. That's the heart and soul of our team. Like, that's our guy. And so after that, I think it was more of, like, personal where it was like, yeah, let's let's actually blow these dudes out of the water and let's see how – how much we can how much we can get yeah yeah um early we talked about um how tough the fan base was on dave just throughout his career like how happy did that make you guys seeing him play like that in new orleans because he was just unbelievable in both games you love to see that i mean and we always had trust in dave everyone asked just like <laughs> you obviously you, you go into restaurants and they would ask like so what's up with Dave and this and that? And you're like, well, that's our guys. So you're never going to say anything bad about him. But at the same time, you know that you don't want a national championship without that. That's something that no one can guard. When Dave was on, he may have been the most unstoppable force in the country. I didn't see a big that could could hang with him yeah. on the offensive end. When he was getting angles and hitting his hook shots and doing this and that, and hitting his mid, like there was no one there. So uh just being able to almost get that satisfaction of telling people that and them not believing you and then them being like yeah hey he's about to win us a national championship that felt good for me and also made me like yeah that's the boy he's gone through so much that's the most mentally strong dude i've ever met considering what he went through this whole year from the whole fan base or people that's really fans of you and so that that's always something you you go to bed and you're kind of like you you think about it before you go to sleep you smile about like okay yeah he deserves every ounce of that yeah yeah, I, all right. Back up with that. I think, uh, I think with Dave, like allowing him, like my old job was like to give him some rest in between him, because he had to, he had to be healthy. Uh, he was going through some stuff, and allowing him to to get rest and to and to not have to play forty minutes a game was, was something that I was determined to do. I think in March, uh, Coach Self did a good job of allowing him to to rest up in the beginning in the beginning of it and. We had KJ that stepped out there, and Zach stepped out there, and gave gave him more time to, to to rest. And I think that us being able to do that allowed allowed uh, allowed for him to be as fresh as possible. And then when he's fresh, hard to stop. Like, yeah. yeah. Offensively, is like Chris said, like mid ranges, shooting jump hooks from the free throw line. Like I, I know there's a couple of those in March Madness. Where everybody was like, no, 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 yes, 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 <laughs> yeah. great oh, yeah. shot. But uh, no, yeah. I've seen him do that all the time in practice, and I think, I think it was special to see him play so well, and and for him to potentially end his career being at KU, being a a national champion, and everyone's gonna remember him for being, hey, this guy hit a hit the shot to essentially seal a national championship for Kansas, and, and that's that. I think that's the most poetic justice ever, being able to being able for that to be his his story and and the way that if he wants to, the way that he can go out. And especially yeah. everyone's talking now being like, hey, his, his number may be up in the rafters. I would love – He was robbed. Uh, yeah, I would love just to see people every time they walk into Allen, everybody who hated on him and tweeted about him, like literally religiously, regardless if he played a good game or bad, have to look at that every time they came in Allen. <laughs> yeah, I'm it sure. It is crazy. That, poetic. That'd feel good for him. I'm sure that'd feel great for him. Um, it is crazy. Kind of, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just I wanted to circle back just like to the beginning of March. Just you guys go to KC. Remy's unbelievable. Mitch, you played. I think it was TCU. Maybe I'm wrong. First game in KC, you were 
you played awesome. Um, did you guys kind of feel something special coming on after the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City? I think once we got on that roll, I mean, after we lost to TCU at TCU, I think what did we do, run off 11 in a row? Like, after that, like, yeah, that was another moment on Twitter or on social media. You can, the sky is falling. Everything is going wrong that can go wrong. And, I mean, now, granted, we had some pretty damn close games, and, and uh, we, we uh, played with the heartstrings of, of many a Jayhawk fan. But uh, we ended up get, getting getting those games done, uh, winning those games, getting a piece of the Big 12, winning the Big 12 tournament, kind of solidifying, hey, we are the best team in the Big 12, and then, and then going out and proving we're the best team in the nation. So I think from that point on, we were, we were, pretty, uh, we were pretty locked in on, on being a cohesive unit. And I've said this before, and I've been quoted saying it, this is the closest team I've been a part of. Everybody on this team is there, – there's no cliques. There's no groups. This is one big team, and – and everybody here can go talk to anybody on this team, and we'll, and, uh, we'll know that. Hey, that's my brother. Got his back no matter what, and I think that that just showed late in the season. And uh, when you need to have your best ball being played, it, it it it's easy to do that when the guys trust each other. All right, so let's get in national title game. Uh, well, first I gotta ask, like we, we talked how you guys were not the main storyline and for like me, I'm a big, I like to make fun of coach K. I like when coach K loses, but I, I didn't know what I wanted. Like I wanted coach K to lose in North Carolina, but I also was like, can you imagine if we can end coach K in the national title? Like it would have been incredible, but like, and I know the obvious answer is, oh, we didn't care who we played. But, like, did you have a sense of which way you wanted that game to go? Or did it truly not matter? If you want to give that answer, that's okay, too. That game truly didn't matter. Because Line. at that point, you're like, hey, ideally, <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. I, I like Coach K, but I wasn't the biggest fan of him. So, obviously, you want to – you obviously would like <laughs> – but at the same time, it's like, dude, I don't care who we beat. We could have beat UMCB, whoever, like whoever in the national championship. And it would have meant just as much to me. But yeah, you watch that game, and yeah, it would have been poetic to 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 go out <laughs> on top, especially with him being like what he is, the NCAA, and us being what we are, especially after the last four or five years. It would have been nice to do that, but hey, we won a national championship, and I think people were just as pissed off whether we beat Duke or North Carolina, whoever. So I, I love it regardless. Mitch, Mitch, tell the story about Norm in the locker room telling I, which, which game was it where he was comparing you guys to Duke? You were telling it before we started. Oh my gosh, it was that was back? I think Chris, your freshman year we played. Was it your freshman year we played Duke? That was uh, that was uh, that was our junior year. My junior year, that was when you were redshirt and we was dot doke yep. in uh, New York or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it goes around the locker room and goes, They didn't recruit you, they didn't recruit you, they didn't recruit you. And like cause he's trying to prove like, hey, they like, they don't want any of you guys, you guys are not good enough for them. Like, go out there and prove that you're good enough. He gets to Dave, he goes, They didn't recruit you. And Dave goes, Yeah, they recruited me. <laughs> like, oh well, they didn't recruit you, they didn't recruit you. <laughs> that was that was but uh that was uh, the story I was telling, but it's pretty funny. Um, I think Coach Rob has the best pregame speeches. Uh, you you saw Coach Self was in New York accepting. Is it called the the Wingfoot Award or I, I forget Somewhere, the yeah. the yeah. the formal name of it? 
but uh, it's the head coach of the, the women's college basketball national championship team and the men's college basketball national championship team. And uh, coach, coach Rob was giving the speech for coach self. And I could have sworn he was going to start yelling at the coaches in attendance, like a pregame speech. <laughs> so I, I kept watching it. And uh, I was like, Oh my gosh, he's really going to start getting on these people. But uh, no, he did a great job. And, and it, it, uh, it's, it's something funny. I'll always, always know coach Rob for it, that, He's always he's a motivator. He knows how to motivate, and uh, it, it, it's it's special. So I got you off the rails. Did you have more to add on like that Duke North Carolina thing, wanting to play one versus the other? I mean, I was I think you kind of I kind of wanted to play Duke. Not gonna lie. I mean, you you have coach Coach K. It's it's, it's his last year. I think it would, I would it would have been a fun match. I mean. I think a lot of people I saw on Twitter were like, oh, if you play against Duke, it's going to be eight on five. Like, I, I don't know how much I buy into that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how much I buy into that. I, I think truly refs are there and they, they're to do their job, do it the right way. But but if you lose, people are going to blame it on that. Yeah. So what? I mean, but we went out there, had the had the ability to play North Carolina, who's another blue blood. And, and uh, I think it was, it was special that we were able to win. Um I think the atmosphere there was so great between the between the four blue buds that were there. I mean, just so yeah. many people, so like so many people that weren't at the game. Like people think, like, oh, everybody in New Orleans went to the game. No, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people there in New Orleans for the Final Four that don't go to the game, that are around the hotel, that are around Bourbon Street. Um, Chris can attest to how many people were on Bourbon Street. Uh, the night after the, the win, but uh, <laughs> I think I think it was just an it was a, it was a zoo. Everyone was so excited. It was so much energy, and it was it was so much fun. Yeah. So first half of the Natty, it's obviously back and forth for the first what twelve, thirteen, fourteen minutes, and then you guys struggle to score. UNC goes on a little run. They're up forty to twenty five at half. I wanted to know like how you two personally felt at half, and then talk about Dave actually laughing in the locker room at halftime um from my from my point of view uh i know cb had said this uh, in the post-game speech dave walked in is laughing where i do why the hell are you laughing we're down <laughs> down 15 in a national championship game things are not going good this, and he's like oh we've been here before and cb's like oh you've been down 15 in a national championship game before i guess my first but uh we're all sitting there like, and he's like, "No, nah, like we down to K State, and we saw we saw them be down to Baylor by, or we saw Dale, Baylor be down to them by twenty nine. Like Baylor proved they can do it, and we beat Baylor this year. So why don't we go do it? And so, which is a good point. I mean, they we have we have seen that, and uh, I think that's that's kind of a testament to see to see why we we won. Uh, we the blueprint was there on how to do it. Um, and then Coach Self came to the locker room and gave us gave us a good speech, talked to us game plan wise, and then ended it with. Hey, would you rather be down nine with two and a half minutes to go, or would you be rather be down fifteen with uh, twenty minutes to go? I think everybody on the team opted to be down fifteen with uh, twenty minutes to go, and we were able to go out there and uh, and get 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 it right, fix what we needed to fix, yeah. uh, make some shots, make some easy layups. We missed a bunch of easy layups in that first half, and I think Dewan kind of kicked off defensively how we needed to play, and then. Whenever you see Dewan play like that, it's hey, like, we got this. Like if he's gonna play like that, it's gonna give us a great opportunity to be to be a, a victorious. Yeah, 
What did you think of the play call out of halftime to throw the lob to Dave? Like, did you think it was kind of risky? Wasn't it? Wasn't it Case that drew that up and said to go with it? Um, out of halftime, I don't remember who. I don't remember who called it. Uh, we ran fifty-four. Yeah, I said we ran fifty-four. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember who called it because they they was, they always talk about the play to run out of half in the coaches' locker room, so we don't get to hear it. They they just walk out and tell us that we're gonna run. Uh, out of half so um but yeah it, it worked uh that plays hard to guard if, if depending on how the other team's guarding it's it's uh it's it's easier to to get a lob set up so um i think that kind of set the energy going going into the rest of the half okay we're not going away uh you're up big but watch this and then a couple minutes later it's a two-point game so yeah uh i just it's just a testament to how good of a coach coach self is he 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 made yeah. a fifty point deficit in the national championship game feel like, hey, we're playing K State and Bram, which is just easy. Let's go win. So So Chris, I think I asked you this last time, but we 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 are obsessed with this sequence on this podcast. We've talked about it so many times. But the moment where uh Remy hits the three in the corner and then Dewan picks Caleb Love's pocket, gives it to Jalen for the and one, and all of a sudden we go from tied to up six. I think it's like the most nuts I've gone over a basketball play in a long time since like as I was a child. Is that like one of the more banana moments for you on the bench that you can remember at KU? Just like what an all-time sequence that I'll like tell my grandchildren about. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, a thousand percent because, I mean, we're sitting there down 15 and especially in games like that, you go on those low runs and then you can tell how the game's going to go on the next couple plays. When you get tied – if they go and they hit back-to-back threes, you know, like, hey, maybe it's not our day. But, like, you go, you sit there, and you watch. You watch Remy hit that step-back three or whatever it is in the corner where he's sitting there calling for it, and he looks at us and starts going nuts. So I'm already out of my seat, and we're obviously on, like, the low, uh, like, underneath the, the the court, and Juan makes that pick or whatever, and Jalen gets the and one. And, I mean, yeah, there's, there's like, there's no emotion to even – to even feel because that that's when you're like yeah this game really can be ours and i would i mean you, you can see me on i get up on the thing and like i'm going absolutely psychotic <laughs> but yeah i mean and everything like that in that last game means a lot to me i was wearing my emotions on a sleeve that's my last one and obviously i didn't have a ton of control over what goes on but i trusted all my guys and the fact that they're sitting there and showing me the reason why i trust them like there's no better feeling in the world. There's like the emotions from that night will never be reached again. And especially in those little sequences like that, you have a hard time even staying sane almost. You almost just want to like get to the end of the game. You're like you're sitting there like almost itching yourself and being like, okay, let's just get done with this and let's, let's get out. I would yeah. say like, I think to piggyback off of that, like in those moments, like over your, over your, like course of like your, what could have been your last game, like, for Chris and I, like playing at KU, like we had a lot of laughs and did it a bunch of times. But this year, especially, you know, this is gonna be the last one. There's no eligibility left to find. Uh, <laughs> like, I think my moment was we were playing Creighton and we were down. Not when we were down, but we were down a couple points. I think it was four, three or four. And uh, I was like looking around, like, is this how it ends? Like, is this how my college career comes to an end? And and to have the almost the exact opposite moment of that when. Remy hits that shot, and then one picks the pocket and gives it to Jay Will for the for the am one. Is like the absolute opposite moment. Like 
wow, this is how my career ends. This is dope. Like, this is awesome. Imagine that. We win a national championship. It's like, it's just like you go from against Creighton thinking like, oh, damn, this is how it ends. Like, this is where, this is where it ends. Like, wow. Like we're in Fort Worth. Like, damn. And then you're sitting in New Orleans on April 1st. Like Remy hits, Remy hits a big shot. Devon picks a pocket. We get a layup. We're going to be national champions in your last year of college. How many people get to end their careers on a win? Pretty, un- pretty unreal and pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's how, like, just f- from you guys just watching from the bench, like, how stressful is the last five, six minutes of that game? Because, like, as a fan, I'm sitting there, like, my heart's pumping. There's, like, ten different instances where I'm saying the game's over, we lost. Like, Brady Manick <laughs> gets the tip back to go ahead, and then Remy hits two huge threes. Dave hits two huge hooks. Like, how – I guess how fun is that last five minutes and how stressful, too? I, I mean, so during those close cold. games, especially in the tournament and big games, I would really get out of the games and be sick <laughs> for the fact that, like, I'm so, like, stressed and turned up and knowing that, like, I couldn't do probably – I mean, I couldn't do any better, and if they did tell me, I wouldn't do any better. So I'm just pretty much at the mercy of those guys, and it, and it, it means a ton to me. It's like, yeah, you get so worked up and the emotions during those games, like you have to almost come down from it. Like you have to like get in the bus after the game, win or lose, like just calm yourself down. That's kind of how I felt in that national championship game, except for you and Addy. So you don't come on the down and just straight go right back up. <laughs> just ride it off yeah. into, straight ride it bur- off into history, baby. Straight to Bourbon Street. Straight, straight to, Bourbon. to Bourbon Street. Oh, Chris, Chris right. rode that thing all the way back to Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll we'll try to wrap up here in a second, but there was one more thing I wanted to talk about with the national championship game because, Mitch, I've gone back and I've watched it. And, like, that after the final possession, you get to stop. We stop. Caleb like, comes up short. Everyone runs on the court. Somehow you and Bill just find each other and give each other, like, the biggest hug of all time. Like, I – did you seek him out? Were you like, I got to find Bill? Or was it just like, I, whoever I find, I'm hugging, and it just happened to be Bill? Like, I felt like that was a perfect moment. Uh, I don't know. I kind of ran. Like, I was just running onto the court, and like, Coach Shelf, like, just like opened his arms. I was like, oh, hey, Coach. Like, <laughs> like, this is amazing. And he like, gave me a hug. He was like, he was like, so proud of you, so excited for you. Uh, and I kept telling him, I was like, hey, you're the goat. Like you're the goat. Don't forget it. You're the goat. And, uh, yeah. and that, that was a special moment. And, um, I was so happy for him. He's been through it so much this year and losing his father. And, and, uh, I know it, it means a lot to us to be able to, to give him something that he's been working so dang hard for, for, for his entire career. And it's national championships are so special. And for him to get his second, how many people in history have two national championships? And it was just so special for us getting to see yeah. him kind of come to the realization that, hey, we won another national championship. And all of us love yeah. Coach Self to death. And we want nothing but the best for him. And mm-hmm. that was just a special moment. Yeah. And that's what else I wanted to talk about with you guys. It's like, Mitch, you were somehow still here in 2017. Um, and that team was incredible. Uh, Frank, Josh. Devonte and then 18 was amazing 20 was maybe one of the best KU teams ever like especially defensively I think that team easily could have won it all they were going to be the number one overall seed it's like it's obviously 
super rewarding for everyone, but like how rewarding did that feel for you guys to win it in 2022 just because you guys are on so many good teams? You want to go, Chris, or you want me to get it? I mean, I'll go first. I'll be short. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been a Kansas fan for all my life, and I sit there and look at my perfect time at Kansas, and there's a lot of things that obviously you go through, and there's a lot of things that I wish I would have done, but you win a national championship, and if you're a Kansas fan and you've been around Kansas enough, you know how much that like that means to everybody. And so just like – being here for five years and being on the 2018 where you get there and then being on a 2019 team where you you lose the streak and then coming back in 2020 and having the best team in the country by far and then getting that canceled by COVID. We went through our trials. We went through our tribulations and all that kind of stuff. And every valley became even further down almost into like a canyon. You go back up to the top of the hill and go back down. And I was just ready to reach a mountain. And so the fact that we got to do it in our last year and I can ride off in the sunset on that, it meant a lot. And I mean, yeah, Mitch is sitting there grinning like a dude. That like, was dude, beautiful. Like, yeah, you, you said like, there. Geography so lesson was 15. Hell yeah, baby. He said he's going to keep it short. He said we're going down the valleys and up the mountains and we're going to find a plateau and head down the peninsula. Chill out, dog. <laughs> oh. All right, well. I don't know. We should probably let these guys go. They've now given us like two and a half hours of their time combined with this and the time at Rick's. But uh, <laughs> B-Turn, you got any final questions? You always have something else left. So you got anything else you just got to hear? I mean, I could I could have these guys for another hour. Like yeah, we, no, they we... were here. Like we have 10 years worth of stories for Mitch. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, Chris was here. Yeah, did the old, like, be an old joke or being at KU forever get old? I feel like Perry was kind of sensitive with it at first. And then he kind of – was bad with Perry. I was here for, like, one and a half times the amount of time (laughs) Perry was here. Like, things like, damn, your hairline's gone back from your freshman year. I'm like, dude, like, come on now. Like, give me a break. I'm trying to get an NIL deal with freaking wherever it is. Grow that thing back. But (laughs) your uh, hairline hasn't gone anywhere. That's just how it was. Thanks, Chris. That makes makes (laughs) me feel good best friends uh but no nah, nah, it, it it's been good i mean everyone tells me stay in college as long as you can i mean i got a i got a doctor's degree and or a doctorate in how to go to college so if anybody needs any any uh help i'm, I'm your guy and they had the good uh, but, twitter, they had the good twitter stuff when they said the stuff about you being there for so long what was that little thread about like Mitch Lightfoot's first game was with James Naismith, and then like, oh yeah, <laughs> there was a good, there was a really good thread that both of us had a good time with. Yeah, hey, oh, yeah. those jokes, they're overblown, but they're also just like you always chuckle. You gotta chuckle a little bit every time. But <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, though, like what are what are kind of your guys' next moves? I think uh, Chris, you said you haven't picked up a basketball in forever. Uh, I don't know what what's kind of your next step, and then Mitch, you go after him. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Kansas City. Uh, I'm currently looking for jobs. Just some some uh, some kind of salesperson between medical device, pharmaceutical device, being a financial advisor or a pharmaceutical sales. Those are the four really I'm looking into. But I'm I'm gonna stay in KC, enjoy my time, uh, be with my family. I haven't been with my extended family, and my brothers and sisters are all having kids. I'm getting a bunch of nieces and nephews, so I'm just trying to enjoy my time with them and kind of be ready to go back to a somewhat normal life. 
Yeah. Wow, Chris, really touching. Um, hey, for me, <laughs> for me, I, w- I want to continue to play ball, but after ball, I, uh, I, I would like to stay around uh, sports or, or basketball and be in the, uh, in coaching. And I'd talk to, I'd talk to coach about how he got into it and learn from his, his uh, experience. And I think the whole story from him and, and the, the rest of the coaches is, Hey, play until you can't anymore. You never want to turn around and be 10 years down the line and be like, Hey, I wish I could have gone back and done that. So uh, I've still got basketball in my legs. I've got basketball in my heart. I want to, want to continue to do it. So we're going to chase it as long as I can. And, um, I think the beautiful part about Kansas is I've been able to to get a, a bachelor's degree in economics and a master's in sports management and uh, set myself up with some great connections to some great people around the Kansas City and and, uh, and Lawrence area. I mean, even around the nation, there's KU people everywhere. Um, such such an amazing uh, support system, and I'm, I'm not too worried about what the next step is just because of the fact that. I've got I've got those connections. Yeah, we know you're going to replace Greg Gurley in the alumni association. <laughs> we already know that's happening in like 15 years. So whatever, or on radio, it's either 15, way. That's 15 years from now. I got to get there somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, All right, I just, boys. I just wanted to say, like, to me, like you guys really are KU legends. Like, I remember CB tweeting about Mitch this year, like when Mitch was out shoveling snow and shit. Like, I forget exactly what he said, but like just appreciate Mitch while he's here. Um, and then, I mean, you guys are just great ambassadors to Kansas, like in general, and you guys are diehard fans, like just growing up. So it's like, everyone can just tell your love for the university. It's just, I guess I appreciate you guys coming on. And I really think you guys are KU legends. My God, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate everybody that, that uh, works with, with the podcast. And I, I, uh, I definitely have been listening and uh, I'm going to continue to listen. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate it. You, uh, yeah, I've been a Kansas fan for all my life. So hearing anybody say that, it really to me gets like gets gives me goosebumps. And so uh, I appreciate that, and I appreciate everyone who's made this journey so much fun. They know C's podcast is obviously. I mean, I've listened. I listened to it last year during quarantine. We're driving to Austin, Texas, uh, <laughs> two years during quarantine, so they're listening to Ain't No Seeds over and over and over again. Listen to all episodes, <laughs> catching up. So. It's an honor to be on here, and uh, I'm just glad that you guys were able to have us and that we're being able to be able to be a part of a a great Kansas here. Yeah. All right. Well, before we all start shedding a tear and uh, crying (laughs) on here, let's let's wrap this up. But that's it. Thank you all for listening. Glad we could finally get you this episode. Uh, Shout out to Mitch and Chris. We'll we'll be back again soon, and that's it. Rock Chalk. Hey, Rock Chalk, baby. Rock Chalk. Natty Chips. Nice to Dougie. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.